Hello, welcome back to the Sam Antics podcast. He's Matt, I'm Sam. He has to search double penetration to get it to come <laughs> up. And I do not. And that's just the way it is. <laughs> <laughs> I'd forgotten about that. <laughs> oh no. Okay, now I need to explain it because it can't, we can't end on that. Um, basically, I got a really random voice note from Sir Crawford the other day. Yeah. Um, which I will play to you now. Um, but it was so random, and I thought I've got to play that on the podcast. But literally, <laughs> I don't even know the context. But the I so I needed to search something <laughs> that brought up that um, voice note. Obviously, because we speak every day, so it um, you know we 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 lose stuff very easily. And for whatever reason, <laughs> the the words above um, the voice note, so Robert was double penetration indeed and i will now play to you what sir Robert said in the voice note indeed let's see so i've got a conundrum for you say you me and glenn oh sorry my phone's flipped round bear with i'm so sorry everybody let me just search double penetration again <laughs> see so i've got a conundrum for you say you me and glenn go swimming and we're we're in, an, we're in a swimming pool say we all go on holiday in the future we're all in the swimming pool together not in a sexual way just just there well maybe in a sexual way anyway we are it stood in the pool and glenn pisses <laughs> because he's Glenn, you piss in the pool. And we say to him, oh, Glenn, get out. Why are you pissing in the pool for? Get out. Okay. But then if Glenn were to get out of the pool, we wouldn't say anything else about it, really. It would just be a funny anecdote. However, if Glenn, whilst we're in the pool, were to... So we're all in the pool... Then Glenn gets out of the pool and pisses into the pool that we're in. We disown him. He'd be done for. He'd be dead to us. Same outcome. Piss and pool. As in pool as well. What's the difference? You know? Hmm. Either way, Glenn's a bitch. I forgot that bit. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the mind of Sir Grubber. And we'll say no more on this subject. The worst thing uh, is, I was stone cold sober, at, and that was at quarter past eight in the evening. Well. Yeah. And just. What the hell confirm, goes through your mind? Just to confirm, it was me that said double penetration before that message. Yes. Well, of course it was. Who else was it going to be? In my defence, I'd just been out with my um, sister, and you'd been flirting uh, with her on my yeah. phone. So years. Yeah. Anyway, let's not go down. She wasn't happy was because I was ill. Yeah, and you wouldn't play. No, <laughs> Matt, I didn't want to come out to play today. 
Anyway, so Grubo, we're on episode 57, 57 of the Sound That Antics podcast. Flying for him now, aren't we? We are indeed. And, uh, well, how have you been this week? Uh, yeah, I've been good this week, my lad. I've been, uh, been a bit of a, had a bit of a long weekend. Um, so I went up to Bristol to see my brother and his family. Um, and then on the Sunday, I... We left Bristol for Manchester to watch the Manchester United women. Um, and that was a really good game. Really enjoyed it. Got really, really cold, though, because I forgot to pack a jacket. Nice. Um, yeah, and then uh, had to drive all the way back to Bristol and then had to jump straight onto a train to come all the way back down to Eastleigh. And the day started at half past seven and the day finished at half past nine. So, yes, it was a very long day. And I did the equivalent of travelling from my flat to the Scottish borders. Jeez. Um, yeah. yeah. But it was worth my diet because I saw her. Who did you see, Sagora? I saw Alessia Russo. The love of your life. <laughs> the love of my life, Alessia Russo. Uh, she wasn't playing, though. <clears throat> she was just in, no, the, uh, in the crowd, but... She did um, take her jacket off in front of you, though, Zegra, didn't she? Well, not literally in front of me, because I would have just melted into a... <laughs> it would have yeah. just... <laughs> it would have just been a pool of blood and semen at that point. Oh! But... <laughs> Christ! <laughs> um, oh. But yeah, no, it, was, it was a really good game. Really, really good game. Um, and yeah, it, it's just... I think the vibe at a women's game is a lot more around the fans because they just take their time to like actually acknowledge the fans that are there and like well, the kids line up after the game and then after the warm down they come over and they sign things and all sorts so well what i said to you when on your way back to Gobra is i definitely want to go to a women's game mm. uh, with you because it's, it's matt Dyer's kind of uh trying to see um Mm. I forgot to tell you this, Agora, and I'm so sorry to interrupt this podcast to tell you this. Um, mm. But guess who might be getting a ticket to the 12 p.m. kickoff game on Sunday at Vicarage Road, Watford versus Luton Town? Is it young Joshua Baker? Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's going to be an absolute bloodbath. Blood bloodbath. Bloodbath. Um. As long as it's not a blood and seam buff, you'll be um, oh. you'll be all good. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. Other than that, work's work, and life's life. If you'll pardon the pun. <laughs> and Matt, Dyer, how have you been this week? Oh, so Robert, it's not been a great week. Um, how come? Oh no, mate. Don't do it. Um, no, I've just felt really shitty actually. Um, the last sort of mm. I brightened up a bit the last few days. Um, Good man. But yeah, before that, I just felt really shitty and didn't really want to do anything. Didn't want to be at work. Didn't want to speak to people. Um, but there we go. Life goes on, and oh, uh, that's that's about it, really. So, Gora, from from my side, nothing else is. Uh, has really happened to be honest can you um sorry i 
I know this isn't this this part hasn't been planned, but um, please can you tell me what you had for dinner tonight? I can, live on the podcast. Uh, yes, um, I had a half pound uh, cheeseburger that had doner meat and a hash brown uh, in it, and some cheesy chips. Boner inducing. And- <laughs> Incredible. And I washed it down with a nice Pepsi Max cherry. And there it ends. <laughs> that was the sound of Matt choking on said <laughs> disgusting beverage that is literally set aside for construction workers. Other than like that, it's like their afternoon drink after they've had all morning on the Red Bull and the Monster. So, Corey, let's not get bogged down. We've had this argument before with in terms of beverages. So let's mm. not get bogged down with who thinks what on on beverages. Okay. Shout out. Ow! <laughs> no, we do have a shout out, Matt. I've actually had um, one no, of... No, stop! He's <laughs> <Are you> laughing. <laughs> Ow! again. <laughs> okay, carry on. <clears throat> um, yes, we do have. Matt is right. We do have a shout out. Um, this is to. Uh, I, I, sorry, I'm just deciding whether to use her. Uh, we'll go by her. the username, Sogora. Yeah. Okay. This is in the Discord, by the way. This, this is in, the fun the you could be having in the Discord. Uh, she's surname. Yeah. So this is a shout out to Jade, one of our weekly listeners, and she's actually given us a question, Madara. She has indeed, Sagora. And the question is, what is the best and worst trait of each other? Oh. oh, oh. Shall we go shall we go negative into positive, Sagora? I mean, you can finish on the positive note for that. We'll probably set the tone for the rest of the podcast. So, yeah, we should probably go for negative first. You can <laughs> you can start the negative, Matt Dyer, and I'll okay. start the positive. How about that? So, Gora, your worst trait. Oh, God. You are never on time. Your timekeeping <laughs> skills, whether we we're going for a walk when you're back here, whether it's... Uh, podcast we're going to start at this time <laughs> literally anything we organise to do and it will get like 20 minutes down the line the, oh sorry mate just logging in <laughs> abysmal I stop. I'm dying. the worst thing is the worst thing is I'm only like that with like my personal life like with work I'm on time all the time um, to be fair, like when I go and see my brother, I'm always on time with him. It's GWR that fucked that up, but um, yeah, <laughs> to apologise. I don't think we've ever actually said that before, so we've got a lot of things no. coming to light now, Sagora. Yeah. Um... Oh. So, your worst trait. Your worst trait is you like attention but don't like yourself getting attention okay that's not where i thought you were going to go with this 
<laughs> this is something I don't I'm, again I've never said to you but you love like um, the topic of conversation being about you but you hate the topic of conversation being about you it's the worst <laughs> moron. it's the most frustrating thing in the world I like pizza but I don't <laughs> like pizza Literally, honestly what, have you got any examples I mean you've got 57 episodes of examples <laughs> Do you know what the one? Do you know what I thought you were going to say for mine? I thought you were going to say the way that I just constantly interrupt you. No, because it really that leads that leads into what I'm saying is you love you being on topic of conversation, i.e., interrupting me about Watford, but you hate <laughs> you hate being the centre of attention. So, oh my god, it's so true. Oh dear. But your best trait, my dear, your best mm. trait is your um, your the biggest empath the world has ever seen you are uh, the most care- like you're the most caring and you feel the other part like someone else's emotions and you do anything you can to support them that's your best trait that's that that's quite weird because the, what i was going to say about you is that i could come to you about literally anything in the world mm. and you would always be there any any time of the day um you know things have happened in the past for example where i've rung you mm. you've been doing something which i won't say what yeah and you still answered the phone because oh god no the podcast <laughs> It took you a minute to twig there, didn't it? <laughs> You're absolutely right, though. Um, and although, I, you know, I, I, I was, as I've said before, I don't have many friends, but the friends I do have, I, I'm very close to. But, you know, that, you know this, this podcast wouldn't work if we didn't have that kind of relationship anyway. Very true. Yeah, very true. Um, there's not many other people that I could have a 5pm business call every fucking day. So, yeah. This is true, yeah. But the best thing is, like, obviously, we have each other's, um, like, phones, like, the location tracking on our phones. Not in a creepy way, just in a, if I've got a date somewhere, let's say, Bedford, and... (laughs) Sorry, I'm not laughing at Bedford, (laughs) as in the uh, country. (laughs) As as in the town. Um, (laughs) Back to the topic. Um, so, if I have a date in like Bedford, it's not easily accessible from um, Leighton Buzzard. So, it's good to have Matt checking my location if I'm on said date um, and making sure that I'm not floating in a river. Yeah, this is Basically. true. Yeah. Oh, so cool. Should we, should we crack on with the rest of the podcast? Let's go. Now it's time to pass over to the angriest person I know. Rumour has it that he shouts at people in the co-op. And that he also used to kick off if the channel was changed before Luna the Moon came out after burying the big blue house. Here he is, Matt Dyer. 
That was a proper like stig, like I'm say. It's literally very clever. I was like, I need to do it for him. Oh dear. Well, Segura, I'm gonna let you down. Why? Uh, I don't have an angry man with you this week. <laughs> Although I That's do. Fine. He's still angry. He's still oh, good. Yeah. I have an unpopular opinion with Matt Dyer, though. Ooh, let's go mm. for that. Here we go. People that have 3D printed number plates are not cool. In fact, they're colossal cocks. 3D printed number plates? Yeah, so there's these new ones you can get where the letters and numbers are like raised like out. Right, okay. Of the... Sorry, I thought you meant they use a 3D printer to print themselves number plates. Oh, no. <laughs> I think that's illegal. I'm pretty sure it is. That was, that's why I was very confused. No, I mean like the like aftermarket ones you can buy where they're like they're raised out of the actual plate. Um, I just think that it people people think that it looks really good. It doesn't. It looks tacky. Mm. It 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 just it's not but, for me to go off. Okay, but Matt, here's the other thing though. What if the passenger of said vehicle is blind? And they need to know they got the right car. So, I, sorry, <laughs> I don't think blind. We've got to be very careful what we say here. But I'm not quite people <laughs> go along each car and use the number plates as braille. Is what I think you're trying to get at here. But what if? But what if that is the case? Maybe that's why they have it. It's definitely not the case, Segura. <laughs> These people... Hang on, you're not even allowed to drive if you're blind, so how would that work? That's why I said the passenger, not oh, the driver. The passenger. The driver. No. Oh, God. But I agree with you, yeah, they do look very, very tacky. And also, I've never understood the whole customising the number plate thing. Have you? No, it doesn't... Like, I mean, people... If you have a supercar, for example, um, people use the old, oh, the front number plate's fallen off mm. uh, situation. But some cars, it doesn't even, like, do anything for the aesthetics of it. Like, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, customised number plates and 3D plates and stuff like that just doesn't do anything for me. Like... It's yeah. just a plate that you have to have on for, to legally drive your car. Like, I don't... If you want to customise your car, like your wheels, your, you know, if you want a massive wang on the back, like... Bloody hell. Do, what, do whatever. But, you know, I yeah. plates, plates are not for me, so go on. It's just the whole, the whole idea of... Like, customising your car, fair enough, it's your car, do what you want, but... Just the number plate's a legal thing that you have to also register. You have to register your number plate, but... How can you go? How can you send off a form to the DVLA? Is it it's the DVLA you send it to, isn't it? To put your registering number plate. Um, no. You well, you would buy it from the DVLA if you if you want about custom like custom. Yeah, like plates, custom plates. Like, you have to register like, like a custom plate. W four NK three R, for example. Yes. Yes. Okay. You have to buy them from a official website. 
Um, yes. Yeah. Okay, but then also you got you got to register it because you're you got to register because it's the legal. Oh yeah, you'd have to change your, like v, yeah. your V five and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Okay. How can you fill out an official document with a straight face and fill out what's your new number plate and turn in and literally write the words Big Daddy on it? Do you know what I mean? Like, how can you have just not be affected by that and not think that's the most idiotic thing in the world? I get, I get, like plates. Like me, for example, I could have two because then I can use the O's as zeros, mm. and then I don't know zero seven or something. Yeah, um, I don't mind plates like that, but plates that are just stupid. Like you always get someone that's tried to do a plate where it's that sounds like a rude word. Yeah. Um, and I just think oh, it's just pathetic, man. Like, I don't look at a car and think, "Oh, what a what a fantastic number plate." Like, I look at the car for the car, not the number plate. So mm. the number plate for me has no what's it of the, yeah. looking at the car or you know, you know. There's only one uh, customer. There's only one like set of customized number plates in history that is acceptable and that was on thunderbirds and other than that no none i've never watched thunderbirds oh you'd love it my guy it's all about um puppets in vehicles oh saving the world in said vehicles although there, i have one beef with um with thunderbirds and that is basically the guy that's like in HQ, like the, 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 the guy he's supposed to, he, the story is that he's had these kids and these kids are now off saving the world in like um, Thunderbird 1 was a rocket, Thunderbird 2 was like a flying thing. One of them is in, spe- he, in space. He literally sent his son into space and that's it. He, he, I, what, I, he sent him into space, not his son volunteer. He sent him and he never sees this guy. He never sees his son. What the fuck is up with that? Was that just me I, I know you can't comment but yes that's where the storyline of thunderbirds why are we talking about thunderbirds i've no idea so you just went on a fucking rant about it oh, i'm did, like yeah. hello this is my section yeah apologies carry on well that's pretty much it <laughs> that's pretty much it for the uh for the uh for that bit of the section so um what i thought we'd do though is bring back a uh, a previous thing we'd done and thought i'd Ask you ten quick fire questions. Okay. Are you ready? Are you going to answer them after? I will answer them after. Yeah. Perfect. Okay. Cool. Let's go. Number one. Mm. Who is the most favorite? Favorite? Who is the most famous person you have met? Um. Oh. Okay. Give me a minute. Quick fire questions, so we're not oh, take now. take five hours to decide an answer. Uh, Adam Milana. Hey, I didn't know that. Uh, or Ricky Lambert. Do you remember Ricky Lambert? Who? Uh, he used to play for Southampton. Obviously, when I met him, um, and I really I used to work with a really really famous TikToker now, and he's yeah. Other than that, that yeah, that's my question answered. Oh. Shall I shall I say mine after you've said yeah, yours? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So who, who's the most famous person you've met? Well, there's two for me, and I don't know who's most famous for you. 
Sean Dyche. Sean Dyche. And uh, little person said, probably, well, not little. Well, he, actually, little he's quite, <laughs> he is quite small. Uh, you might know him. Uh, he's called Lewis Hamilton. Oh, Elham. Elham. Oh, so, when did we end? Uh, Silverstone, many years ago. Ah, fair enough. Hmm. He was uh, he was doing this was you know before COVID and they used to mm. do like signings in the paddock and stuff. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it was uh, one of them. He asked how my day was going. Yeah. I said. I said. I, I, <laughs> anyway. Sorry, you just your pants. Pretty much. Slowest oh, Nice. Oh, true. Very attractive man. Mm. Uh, so Next question. If you could get a tattoo with anything on it, what would you get and why? Now, I understand that you're going through your tattoo phase at the moment. So, yeah. basically, what's the next thing you're going to get and why? Um, I'm toying around with a couple of ideas, but the ones I'll talk about are just they're easy just to discuss and talk about. Actually, no, I'll do I'll do more. Okay, so I'm thinking of getting a lightsaber. Uh, because I love Star Wars, and it would have to be Darth Vader's lightsaber because his lightsaber is the longest lightsaber, and I'm a long boy, and um, because obviously I don't want it on my leg or my arm, it would look weird if I had Yoda's. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm also thinking about getting a Harry Potter wand. <laughs> ah. Okay. Um, not again. Not sure which one, but it might be. I feel like not the elder one because that's a bit. Mm. Um, but yeah, think about doing that. And I'm getting a. This one I am doing is a um, Viking. It's called a Viking like wayfinder. Um, it's an old Norse, and it's basically what they used to use as a compass. And the meaning behind it is, um, you with with it you will find your way, and your way in life is basically what it means. Excellent. Um, yeah. Other than that, I've got a couple of um, Greek mythology symbol ideas that I've got thrown around. But yeah, what about you? It would be a hashtag LH44. Ah. Or, depending on what he does in the future, hashtag LN4. Oh, Landor. Oh, Landor. Um, I think the <clears> biggest, <throat> the biggest. Uh, sort of what's it we can give about Lando is the fact that I want to call my future son yeah. Lando. See, I thought you'd want an A.S. and Senna tattoo. No. Yeah, although that will be the middle name of said child, Lando, yeah. Lewis, Ayrton, Jensen, Michael Dyer. Mm. Um, but yeah, so it would have to be... You've had a Jensen in there? I've always had Jensen in No. Yeah. What was Lewis Lando Ayrton? No, you got that wrong instantly. Lando oh. Lewis Ayrton Jensen Michael Dyer. I knew Michael was in there. I just didn't realise Jensen was. Oh. Anyway, let's not get bogged down with. Not get bogged down with who's got many middle names and is going to be bullied as a kid. <laughs> um, so, go over next question. I think we all yes. know the answer to this already. Yep. Who is your celebrity crush? Alessia Russo. Okay, why? What do you mean, why? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why I thought why would be a good... 
I don't suppose you can say all I'm saying. All I'm saying is when so Matt mentioned earlier that she took off her um shirt. So at half time she came out of like the hospitality box and she turned and faced the stand I was sitting in, took off her jacket, and she was obviously wearing clothes underneath. Anyway. Um but as her hair like flicked and stuff, I my heart literally skipped a beat. So yes. Alessia Russo. Matt Dyer, who is yours? Uh for this, I've said uh, Meghan Markle. However, there is a uh, an, an asterisk here, um, but only as Rachel Zane in Suits. Yeah, Have you seen Suits, Grover? I've seen Suits many times. Goodbye. reference if anybody needs one. Oh god the best part is last week you said why do you say we say the funniest stuff when we're not recording <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we haven't this episode have we no oh. what's the next question before I die <laughs> what was your first job title and what did your job entail volunteer and I was working for Oxfam Maud with Maud and Mabel. Yes! Yeah. Go on, those two beauties. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it was just getting experience, getting on the CV and doing my bit for charity. Um, what about you? How many jobs have you had since then? Uh, one, uh, hang on. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, maybe eight, if you're being technical. So what we're saying now is... Uh, if we throw this question back to me, I was working at the Polar Powers HQ <laughs> as the customer service administrator. But how many job roles have you had now within Polar Powers HQ? Including my failed trip to the warehouse? Yes. Four. Hmm. Company man right here. Hmm. Next question, please. <laughs> Favourite holiday ever? As in a holiday that you've been on, not one you want to go on. Oh, okay, right. Um, uh, okay, well, I'm going to have to discount five holidays because of the person I was with when I was on them. So I'm down to either Mallorca or some that I've been on recently. And I'm actually going to go with the recent one I did for Somerset um, because that was my nephew's first like holiday-ish thing away with us. And that's like a, a few memories were made that was like going to stick with me forever. Um, but yeah, Matt Dyer, where are you? <clears throat> I've put, I can't remember the year. I think it was 2018. Um, but we went to, we went to Swansea, so go on. Swansea as a uh, as a as a fam, and it mm. was probably the last holiday before Josh became a complete and utter teenage knob. Um, 
and uh, it was just a really lovely holiday. We did lots of walking. There was a mm. lovely marina, lots of good food. Um, and yeah, that would have been the last holiday before everyone moved. Well, the world went to shit. Well, no, I was going to say before they moved to Bex Hill. Before your world went to shit. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, so I, I will always look back fondly at that holiday, Sagora. Yeah. yeah. Next question. Mm. What are your fears? Ooh. Um, I mean, I don't think anyone particularly likes heights. And I don't think anyone particularly likes, like, arachnids that uh, appear out of nowhere. Sorry. Um, Sorry. What, what just spiders are so good. Why are you saying arachnids? Because I didn't want to just isolate one particular part of the arachnid family. I am inclusive. They're all cunts. I would actually say, yeah, I'm going to say my biggest fear is... I honestly, Matt, without being, like, going deep, deep, deep um, into fears, I'm trying to think of, like, a fear that I'm afraid of that isn't, like, like... I need to talk to a therapist about. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with spiders. Okay. What about you? I have five. Okay. In no particular order. Mm. Clowns. Oof. Balloons. Fair. He- heights. Okay. To quote you, arachnids. Arachnids. And uh, this one's a bit dark. Right. Um. I'm not, I'm not. <laughs> what, is, what is wrong with you today? I have no filter today, I'm what sorry. What is wrong with you? I, I told you earlier, I got hyped up on caffeine and I'm on the come down now, so I don't have any filter. You dirty dog. Uh, I'm not scared of dying, Sigur. But actually, okay. I'm I'm scared of dying alone. Mm. I think that must be the most horrible thing. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I this is what I was trying to like avoid me saying um, because I wasn't sure how like it would be received. If you know what I mean. But um, I was going to say my biggest fear is to live an inconsequential life. So to be forgotten about as soon as I die. That is very deep, Sagora. Mm. Makes your terrorists comment a bit. What's it now, doesn't it? I know, I know. I know. Should we move so on? But what we're saying is, you alone are uh, getting pushed out of a plane by a clown holding a balloon and a spider is your biggest fear. Why would you do that? Well, now I'm looking around the room scared. Krusty's not behind you, it's okay. <laughs> so, Cora, next question. Yes. We're on 7 of 10, so we need to speed it up a bit. Okay. Because these are not quick fire. <laughs> yeah. If you could listen to one song and one song only for the rest of your life, what would it be and why? It has to be Bohemian Rhapsody. Interesting. Because you could never get bored of Bohemian Rhapsody because there's so many different parts like different genres and parts in the song. I like so, the operatic section. 
Yeah, exactly. And then, like, I love the rock section. It's like it just the different sections. It's just a bit of everything. It's like a pick and mix. Excellent. I've also I've also gone for a Queen song. Okay. I've gone for Who Wants to Live Forever. Oh, classic. Because it's classic. just it it is just a song, isn't it? It's mm. it's a corker. Sets the emotions going. Anyway, next question. Question eight. What's your favourite Harry Potter character? Gold rest his soul, Hagrid. <laughs> oh, can we just honestly? Robbie Coltrane died this week, and it's actually generally really sad because the worst part is he said in an interview, "I won't." Yes, be around. I literally. Yes. Oh, I can't. I can't. I, I won't be around in fifty years' time, but Hagrid will, and I was just like, "Oh, Robbie, no." So rest in peace, uh, Robbie Coltrane, aka Hagrid. Does open a question, Sagora. You need to answer it. I'm just going to very quickly ask though: Is it now really insensitive for you to do your Hagrid impressions? This is I what I asked you. I, I don't think it's the day he died. Yeah, you, you did. You didn't waste any time, did you? Fuck it out. I mean, the worst part is so when uh, shall we say this? About how I how we break news of deaths in Gentleman's Club. Well, it makes you sound like a bit of a knob. Okay, we won't do it then. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. let's just say I don't think it is because basically it's it's kind of uh, every time you do it, it's kind of a tribute to the man, isn't it? And you're you're not quoting Robbie. You're cult. You're culting. What the fuck's culting? You nearly said culturing. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're quoting. Yeah, Hagrid. Yeah, yeah. Babink. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh God. Uh, my favorite character is Dobby because he looks like me. You do not look like Dobby. Master has given Dobby a sock. No, you can pass for a Malfoy, I reckon. What? Because of the hair? Yeah, and the lack of it on the fore on the forehead and a hand-me-down robe. You, you must, must be a, be a Weasley. Weasley. Wait, so, Robert, you... When are the Sam Antics podcast <laughs> going to read Harry Potter? Could you, um, could you just say the following line for me? Yes. Training for the ballet, Potter. Training for the ballet, Potter. Yeah, definitely. 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 Question nine, Sagora. Best advice yep. ever received? Um... <laughs> <laughs> Oh, for fuck's sake. Here we go. Hold on to your hats, ladies and gentlemen. Here comes Sarah Grubber with a smutty comment. No, I, I nearly did, but I won't. Um, okay. Tell, tell me off air. Okay. Best, res- best advice ever received. Can I come back? Can you come back to me and can you answer it? I'm not sure right now. Um, no. Okay, I'll think of it. Quick. <laughs> and I'll tell you for why. Yeah. I don't have an answer myself. <laughs> okay. Um, the best advice I've ever received, I would say, in all honesty, is um, treat a... I don't want... Okay, I'm not saying this just for likes or views or whatever, but... Like or te- like whatever, but 
um, is treat a woman when you first meet them like you would treat your mother because you'll be respectful and you'll be caring. And then you obviously once have you are in, uh, I have my and I would, yes, you can, you could learn a lot from anyway, I'm not finished the, the, what I'm saying. Sorry. Yes. Treat a woman when you first meet her, like your mother. And then after that, you treat her like a queen. And then a prostitute. The last bit was a joke. The last bit is a joke. The last bit wasn't on there. Treat a woman like a mother, like your mother, and then a queen. The other uh, bit of advice I was uh, I was taught my diary is um, best to have and not to ask. I.e., and this is generally the context it was in. Best to have a condom and not ask if you have a condom. Very good, Sakura. Hmm. You're welcome. I, I will you take say, that to preschool. I will say, uh, just always be the better version of you that you can, or the best version of you that you can. Um, bit of a silly one, but I don't really have anything else. Uh, last one, Sakura. What's yep. the best advice you've ever given? Oh, fucking hell. I'm walking advice, aren't I? Make sure um, you're on the pill. <laughs> <laughs> Um, God, that laugh was that was such a like <laughs> young girl like. <laughs> um, <laughs> I would say the best bit of advice I've ever given um, is if you're trying to live a life that of happiness and of true peace, do not hold others to your standards, hold them to theirs. Very good. What's yours? I don't really have a saying as such, but obviously since I, and you know, this is not bragging and this is not saying what you don't like about me in the intro segment, um, but <laughs> obviously I became a mental health first aider and workplace advocator um, of which they've still not used. However, um, I've given multiple people now advice um, on how to deal with mental health and things that they can do, and you know, it's, people are generally thankful for that. So mm. I'd probably say all of that. Okay. And that concludes the ten quickfire <laughs> questions that have taken nearly thirty-five minutes. Um. We'll be back next time with more questions in a quick fire fashion. So, Cropper, hit the theme tune. The irony is, I don't hit the theme tune. Well, it's everyone's favorite time of the podcast now as we go through the forest of funnery and over the bridge of banter to visit our friend Sam Cropper in our section.
story time with Sam. Now gather around, everyone. My guy, it's time for part two of the Dollhouse. Oh, let's hope it's not as long as the uh, the first part, Sagro. That did go on a bit. It, it it did. Okay, are we ready? Yes. Okay. So this chapter is: an old guy hired me to manage his life-size dollhouse. It's time for my appointment with the hygienist. Oh, 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 oh dear, we are in trouble. The hygienist appeared in the doorway. He was a tall, muscular man clad in dark navy and surgical scrubs. What do you mean? You alright there, Sakura? Yes. What did you really say? A tinted visor mask of skeletons. <laughs> A tinted visor mask obscured the top half of his face, leaving only a wide, open-mouthed grin exposed. His teeth were bleached white, but crooked. A combination so bizarre had to do a double take. Tufts of grey hair poked from behind the masks, and the skin on his forearms were covered in liver spots. Hello, Louisa, he said, lingering on the threshold. How do you like the other girls? It's Lou, I replied, clenching the Swiss army knife in my palm. And I'd much rather know, want to know what the fuck you did with them. The man threw his head back, hooting with laughter like a drunk at a rodeo bar. It's not a hoot, is it? <laughs> I tried to see beyond the visor. <laughs> Sorry. It was just, that was kind of like a train horn. And I just, I need to go to bed. I tried to see beyond the visor, but only the deep set lines around his mouth and nose were visible. His jaw twitched periodically, as though he had a bad craving for a hit only I could supply. I'm happy to show you, he said, pulling a metal contraption into view. You know those claw machines kids waste all of their money on? The weapon looked a lot like the claw from one of those. Only, instead of slippery tongs, there were three sharp steel blades. His right hand was practiced at working the levers, and I noticed the familiar bull creature tattooed on his inner wrist. The blade sliced through the air with sickening ease as the man snapped the device open and shut with just a flick of the finger. I wasted no time backing up to the furthest part of the room, coming to a halt behind an armchair with a doll I didn't recognise. I felt quite helpless then. His mask ensured I would do more harm to myself with the pepper spray and my Swiss army knife and didn't stand a chance against his handheld torch device. I glanced at the clock, trying to count how long I had before Ronnie arrived. He had promised 40 minutes, an hour tops, but I was sure there were no more than 20 minutes had passed since I ended our call. 
something wrong, Lou, the man mocked. He lunged at me as I dashed into the, the, arm, into the next armchair, upsetting some bird ornaments on a small round table to the side of the rainbow doll's seat. Time slowed as we bopped around the room like some demented version of Tom and Jerry, upsetting the delicate balance of the parlour room's interior. He had covered the door at all times, and I was losing stamina as the chase progressed. I was running towards the armchair that held the familiar doll Cynthia when I tripped over a rug and my face planted with a nasty crack of the neck. I rolled over onto my back, just in time to see the man grab my left foot and lift my lower body off the floor. He snapped the metal monstrosity inches away from my ankle. Want me to trim your legs, Louisa? He wheezed with laughter. Don't you want me to leave your stump on the world? I think I'm supposed to read stamp, but she's written, the, the author's written stump. Oh. Can I just so, say, this yes. is horrific already. I know. <laughs> I knows. I knows it. I feels it. <laughs> All right, that's the calm down. I watched in horror as he teased my left ankle with the blades, oh, inching them closer to the nick of the skin. Droplets of blood fell on my face, running down into my eyes as I wriggled like an upside-down trout in a fisherman's grasp. I wiped the blood away and tried to kick the guy in the balls from my other leg, but he only sunk the tool deeper into my ankle as punishment. And then I, I felt it. The pain of a thousand beatings compressed into one impossible sensation spreading through my leg. I screamed in anguish, jerking my body violently, kicking and snarling like a vicious animal. Funny how all pretense of sophistication melts away in a situation like that. How we turn our latent savage selves for just a shot of postponed mortality. Was this my fate? Was Vandalie going to become my final resting place? Cynthia and the rest of the girls suggested so, staring me down with those vacant, knowing expressions. Panic raced through my body as my screams grew louder than the man's laughter. Louder than the sounds of the blade striking bone. I was about what? to succumb. Sorry. <laughs> oh, that's horrible. I was about to succumb to full-blown hysteria when a moment of slight movement flickered at the edge of my vision. I turned my head desperately hoping to see Ronnie and felt my despair double as Mrs. Claymore entered the room. I wanted to turn my attention back to the man who was busy mauling off my foot, but something stopped me. It was like someone had turned down the volume on reality, like a blur filter had been applied to the room, dulling my surroundings. The man's howls grew distant, soft even, and I felt a warm pull drawing my gaze to Mrs. Claymore's face. Her eyes, their deep chestnut tones, flickered in yellow hues. Find your darkness, child. Her voice rang through my mind as loud as early morning church bells. Out of darkness comes light. Out of bad comes good. 
My mind screamed, willing her presence out of my head, but she was not finished. Dig deep into those aloes that nurtured you through infancy, the vacancy of tenderness, the depravity of your surroundings. You bathed in darkness for power. Use it now or fall into the abyss of the lesser being's fate. The room snapped back to normal. Rather, it snapped back to the reality. I nearly started rapping Eminem there, but I do apologize. <laughs> it snapped back to the reality where the man known as the hygienist was digging his fingers into my half-amputated foot, licking his lips in preparation for a feast I didn't want to imagine. I should have fainted then, from pain, horror, or, or both. Instead, something clicked into place, and I withdrew. Not physically, not right away. I did what I've been doing all of my life. I closed myself, I closed my eyes, bawling deep inside myself. It didn't take long for me to sink into the void, into that space that harbored all of my worst memories. I ran through them like a stack of flashcards. Uncle Benji flinging me at a wall, age five. The social worker stubbing out a cigarette on my shoulder, age seven. My cousin Alice sticking me with an used needle, age nine, so on, so forth. I added the hygienist to the pile of garbage my circumstances had produced. A black swirl of collective darkness, a cackling chaos that swelled inside my chest. For once, I didn't soothe or coddle into submission. I didn't breathe and count to ten. I let it in and let it stretch around me until it grew into an entity of its own, a power that could not and would not be contained. It was time. When I opened my eyes, I was no longer hanging upside down. I stood firmly on both feet, chin raised to the tall ceiling of Vanderlei above my head and the hygienist screamed bloody murder as invisible forces rotated around him. They picked him up and spun him around in the air like a rotisserie bird. I began with his eyes, one for my ankle, the second for that stupid joke about stumps. I focused on the tiny vessels in the optic nerve, heating them from the inside like a microwave. I still couldn't see beyond the mask, but I felt them growling, swelling from the heat. The man started begging for mercy, squirming as both eyeballs exploded in his skull, splattering the inside of the visor mask with a sickening squelch. Oh, this is horrific. What the hell? God. No, 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 please. He wailed in agony. Oh, I fucking did. Jesus. Next, I started pulling teeth. Oh, God, it gets worse. Eleven total. <laughs> One for every girl he touched within the confines of this house. The doll's lifeless eyes begged me to make him suffer. I dragged each tooth from the depths of his gums, 
using it to claw at the skin on his neck and chest as I watch the blood shower down from above. <laughs> she is oh. a sick, perverted bastard. What's going on, Mr. Grover? Just dig in, right? 30 seconds left, I promise. I ended it by unhinging the fucker's jaw by shoving a knot of 11 teeth into the depths of his throat, choking out his livelihood with a thick molar dick of my own creation. (laughs) (laughs) His gagging came in violent spurts as he groped around the raw muscle tissue in his neck. It didn't take long for his body to go limp and sink to the floor at my feet. The hygienist was dead. Oh. I had killed him. Good. Mrs. Claymore appeared at my side as I struggled my steady breathing. My body was in a state of exhilaration, of mind-numbing ecstasy. My breath came in uneven gasps. A fervent thrill raced through my limbs, pulsating in my fingertips. My whole life, I had made myself small to stay out of people's way. But now... I was larger than all my abusers. I was larger than life itself. Give me the knife, child. Mrs. Claymore reached for my right hand. I was surprised to see that I had wedged the Swiss army knife all the way through my palm. The wound looked worse than the butcher's experiment, but I only felt a tickle where the pain should be. Mrs. Claymore pulled the knife in one small, swift motion. Come sit with me. I'll take care of your wounds before the numbing wears off, she said, walking to the other side of the room and removing two dolls from a pair of armchairs. I watched as she laid them on the floor side by side like two corpses in a twin coffin. Wait, wait, I hesitated, my mind slowly adjusting to the reality. I couldn't explain what I had just done in any rational sense of the word. And though it felt like Mrs. Claymore had come to my rescue, it didn't explain why she had led me around Vanderley under false pretenses. My dear, if I had wished to harm you, I would have done so already, she responded to my thoughts. Now come, come sit. We don't have much time before my husband and his friends arrive. You don't want to meet them. I looked at her again. She looked like an impatient disciplinary Sorry, impatient disciplinarian. Wishing to do away with a tedious child. Perhaps I should have feared her then, but the euphoria was already leaving my body and as spikes of pain started going off in odd places. I really didn't have much choice. Besides, for some inexplainable reason, I trusted her. Hobbled over to the empty armchair at Mrs. Claymore's side. And she went straight to work, lifting my half-amputated foot and setting it comfortably in her lap. She didn't have any bandages or ointments, and I felt embarrassed for bleeding on her skirt. Unbothered, she closed her eyes, holding out her right hand inches above my injury. And I watched in silence as she drained the blood from my chopped-up ankle, sucking it into the palm of her hand, She left only pale damaged flesh that started to glaze over, the flaps of my skin coming together under a layer of something rubbery and wax-like. 
replacing my foot to the ground. Mrs. Claymore repeated the process on my hand. I wanted to say something, but I could only stare as she wiped clean the canvas of gore, leaving behind a drought of flesh, lifeless and clear. A rubbery substance began to spread, as though growing from inside my hand. When she was done, she ran her fingers of my other hand over the faux patch of skin to my damaged palm. It felt oddly familiar. Oh, I said, a horrible realisation dawning on me as I took the room in again. Real, real dolls. Mrs Claymore was about to reply when someone had entered the house, banging on the front door as they rushed in. I caught a flash of fear on her face as she threw a glance at the doorway. It was gone a second later when I heard my cousin's voice calling out. Lo! he cried, his bulky footsteps sliding rapidly up the floor. Lo! I'm up here, I called back. My voice sounded croaky and foreign. Mrs Claymore got up from her armchair and walked over to a nearby bookshelf. Though her movements were poised, I noticed there was a briskness about her that was absence before. She pulled a book off one of the shelves, and a narrow part of the parlour wall slid open to reveal more bare concrete. It was just like the space behind the closet and the mirror wall. The mistress of Vanderlee's house stepped inside, turning to close the hidden door behind her. Don't come, come, come back here. No, you don't come back here, she said before I could stop her. The bull men will know about you after today. She was gone in sec she was gone seconds before my cousin Ronnie ran into the room. He stopped mid stride, surveying the macabre display before him. While he appeared strangely calm as he told me to get up and follow him out of the house, I knew him well enough to see he was bubbling below the surface. We made an odd pair walking out that house, me drenched in blood and Ronnie with his stone-faced deliberation. I couldn't pull my eyes away from the pretty white tulips on the ground and the charming cobblestone path. How many other sickening truths lay behind this polished exterior? I turned to look at Vanderlee before I got in the car and it just stood there, flawless as ever, as though nothing had ever happened. There was a heavy silence in the car as we drove away from the house. I was still buried in myself, just trying to make sense of everything, and Ronnie was probably just trying to figure out what the hell he had just walked in on. This wasn't the first time he pulled me out of a dangerous situation, but it was the first instance when he didn't have to step in and protect me. The girl in the seat next to him was different from the cousin he grew up with, and he could feel it. Ronnie didn't speak to me until after he'd parked the car in a lot not far from my dorm room. What the hell happened, Lou? He finally <laughs> asked. That fucking voice. Keeping his hands on the wheel, staring blankly as though he was still driving. I, 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 don't, I don't know, I told him truthfully. Did I just... <laughs> did I just not walk into a room with a dead body in it? 
you did. And the blood. The dead man's, I admitted. Did you kill him? He spoke through gritted teeth. I, I, I did, Ronnie. And if I hadn't, he, he would have killed me. I put a hand on his shoulder, a gesture I knew would eventually melt the ice. We were only cousins, but he had always been more like a parent to me, the true garden guardian I deserved, the only guardian I'd ever known. So, so, so what now? Do you need me as an alibi, huh? a, a, a character witness? He asked, his voice strangled with emotion. I, I don't think so, I replied, my voice breaking. Unsure of how to explain that there wasn't a chance in hell that any of this would be handled through the traditional justice system. Would you tell me what the hell happened? He turned to look at me, concern aging his eyes by decades. I, I, I will want some sort out my head, I promised. For now, I, I need to get cleaned up. I, I, I have classes later today. He hesitated, but didn't push it anymore. I silently opened the car door and we parted then. I'm sure he would have liked to stick around for a while to make sure I was okay, but I needed space to process the events of the day and Ronnie didn't like me keeping secrets. But he also knew I rarely did so without good reason. I would probably try and tell him eventually, the parts that made sense anyway. But first, I had to learn the truth myself. What was I? How did I do those things to the hygienist? How did Mrs. Claymore read, my, read minds and heal wounds? Who was her husband? Who were the bull men? Most importantly, was there even a slight chance that some of the dolls could be alive, buried in wax but sustained through some, 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 some magic I wasn't aware of? Was there a way I could get them out of the house? I stared at the patch of silicon in my palm. I knew then I had no choice. I had to go back. After all, no one had actually fired me from my nine o'clock shift at Vanderley. Why would you go back? I just to save the dolls, my dear. Could have been that killed, is... Sigora. Was that the end of the chapter? That was, yeah. Oh. My dear, you, didn't, you did not enjoy that part. That was fucking horrible, Sigora. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, uh. Yeah, so there we go. Is that, part... that was part two, Sigora. Part two of six. And... Uh... We unfortunately will we will now miss a week. Uh, yes, but what a cliffhanger to leave leave uh, that story on for two weeks. Yeah, and uh, we'll be back with that story with the episode after the Halloween special. And that is nearly all we've got time for this week. You're damn right, Sir Robert. It's uh, it, we have another 
um, song that I will now do a reading of. I would say dramatic, but they seem to not be dramatic anymore. They just seem to be me reading the words. Mm. Um, but, you know, sorry to hear that. Crack on, sausage. On the verge of no return, why do you keep fucking it up? Oh dear. Don't want to have to bury you, but nothing seems to get through your skull. Uh... One day, the only butterflies left will be in your chest. As you march towards your death, breathing your last breath, I hate to, t to say I told you so, but look how the bruises show. And there we go, Sir Robert. That, uh, are you aware of that song? That was by Amy Lee and Bring Me the Horizon, I believe. Uh, yes. Hmm. And it's When it, Butterflies something. Uh, it's Butterflies something. It's called One Day the Only Butterflies Left something, something or other. Available in Dolby Atmos if you listen on Apple Music. Hashtag Ooh. Apple. Uh, so there we go, Sigurma. That's very good, all right. That's very good. Mm. Um, if the listeners wanted to get their Salma antics fixed because they can't wait two weeks, they're impatient. How can they get it? Oh God, here we go. All right, I tell you, Lou, this is difficult. <laughs> you can go to our Instagram, which is at Salma Antics. You can go to our TikTok, which is at Salma Antics. You can go to our Facebook page, which is the Salma Antics Podcast. You can send us an email to salmaantixpodcast at gmail.com. You can go to our Twitter, which is at salma underscore podcast. You can go to our Twitch page, which is at under, at, at, oh, fuck. Every time. I nearly salma underscore. underscore podcast. And you can join our Discord and chat to other members of the Salma Antics Today. community. Yes, I'll give it examples of what we've all been talking about today. Mm -hmm. um, we've been talking about how everyone thinks it'd be a good idea for my cousin to take control of my Tinder profile. Yes. Um, we've been talking about how I keep changing the rules that yes. I set for the server, which I've now just got rid of. Um, and we've been... Uh, yeah. Notice they were all about him. Just go back to the, uh, the point <laughs> I made. Yeah, I the didn't original. start the conversations. <laughs> uh, and there is also one more place you can get your semantics fix, and that is an ACAST, because we are oh, ACAST content gosh. creators. Yeah, I'm just going to embrace it at this point, so cool. Did I tell you, by the way, that I um, deleted the anchor page? You didn't. Oh. Well, there you go. Well, we're not on Anchor anymore. Um, no, well, we haven't been since we went to Acast, so. Oh, well, but... blind prostitutes can't see you coming, so. <laughs> and all this left to say is. <laughs> every time. Yeah, can we just have a podcast where we just. Sorry, no, I'm going to rephrase that. Where you're not smutty. And all that's left to say is we'll chat to you next week. Or on if the Discord. Sam, if Sam hasn't been arrested. 
Ohren, Disco, dann oder? Und so ist man da so. Mhm.